Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. Welcome back to the Intention Training Podcast. We are here with episode 32. Um, With the new year coming in, we're going to talk about goal setting, self-reflection, and just some things to consider. Um, as we go into the new year. Before we do that, we'll just check in. It's been a couple weeks um, since we last released a podcast. So, Jen, what's new with you? Um, Nothing, but we're moving out of our apartment into my parents' old house. So we're kind of getting ready for that. I think that's really the only new thing. You hit yourself in the face with the barbell. Uh, yes, I did. I had a snatch bounce right off of my forehead, <laughs> and a lot of people saw it. It was really embarrassing. I like am. I have footage of it, and if you DM me, I'll send it to you. Yeah. Um, I, but I had it. I'm honestly surprised I didn't fall over. Like I didn't knock myself. Other out. than that, what's the worst or most embarrassing like lifting injury or story you have? You haven't really gotten injured much, which is good. No. I think, like, just, like, the most embarrassing thing, and everybody can relate to this, is when you, like, fart (laughs) when you're you're squatting. Yeah. That's never fun. And then sometimes you're wearing headphones, and you're like, oh, my God. You, like, don't know if people heard or not. Was it loud? Yeah. Did people hear it? Yeah. That's never good. What about you? Um... To that question, or what's yeah. new? Um, to that question, well, I hit, I have hit myself in the chin with a clean before. Um, that was pretty bad. I can't really think of anything super embarrassing. Over the summer, I like definitely wiped out because the turf was kind of wet outside, um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that like people probably saw it because there's the cameras out there. Yeah. So whoever's working the desk probably saw that and laughed. They probably um, see a lot of good stuff. Yeah, probably. There's another time out there where it was wet again and I was running sprints and I was trying to just decelerate because there's the fence and I didn't Didn't decelerate. No, that was a different time. That was the first situation I'm talking about. But this time I was trying to slow down before the fence and I slid. So I slid like feet first into the fence and then like kind of straddled the fence. Not good. Other than that though, I can't really think of think of anything. But like anytime I don't know, I do a lot of stuff that I like to challenge myself in different ways in the gym. So, like, when stuff is unfamiliar, I feel like it's pretty likely you're going to fuck yourself up every once in a while. So, mm-hmm. it's just part of the game, I guess. Mm. Um, mm-hmm, mm. There was that one time that I cleaned the bar and I sprained my wrist. Mm-hmm. And it was not even heavy weight. It was, like, 125. Yeah, shit happens. I just, like, I'm technically not good at weightlifting. <laughs> but, all right. Let's uh, move on. Yeah? Well, I didn't get to share what was new. What's um, new with you? Not that much is new, but I, I graduated college, which what? is exciting. Um, I don't think I had graduated at the last during the last podcast, so that's new. Um, that's pretty much it. That's all I wanted to share. Nice, dude. Yeah. Except you don't have your diploma yet. It's coming in the mail. Sweet. Um, okay, so I can get us started. Um... First, I guess, let me ask you why, I mean, I think it was my idea, but why was this topic intriguing to you? Uh, I took a, okay, so first of all, I've never been one for, like, New Year's resolutions because I forget about it if it's not, like, ingrained in my daily life. So I'm very much, like, a process and performance-oriented 
person. We'll talk about what process goals and performance goals are, but I'm like that, whereas I feel like New Year's resolutions are like this big outcome goal, and like that can get lost in the everyday. So I don't really like um, New Year's resolutions, but um, I have like goals every day, like I keep a planner. So I'm semi-goal-oriented, and I just feel like it's a good thing to know how to set goals, especially for like five-year goals or one-year goals, 10-year goals, things like that. I think that goal setting is an important skill. What about you? Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about it because like goal setting is a pretty broad um, topic, but there's a lot of nuance in there that we'll, we'll talk about as far as like semantics and being strategic when you set your goals to set yourself up for success. I agree that the New Year's resolutions um, are usually not very sustainable goals or I, I'd be curious to see statistics on how many people actually follow through on New Year's resolutions. Um, but I, I wanted to do something to kind of check in, um, reflect on what I've done over the past year, um, what I've done well, what I can improve on. So that that's sort of what brought me towards like the reflecting and then as far as goal setting, any any chance you get, which the new year is a great one to kind of um, throw goals out there, uh, can, be, can be really beneficial because it gives you something to strive for, um, hold yourself accountable and stuff like that. So I think if you're, ser- if you're serious about, you know, wanting to improve at whatever you're passionate about, then you, you need to have goals. So I wanted to elucidate the best, in my opinion, the best way to set goals if you really want to achieve them. Also, I apologize for the background noise. Um, our washer is going. Just yes. a heads up. <laughs> um, okay, so should we start? Let's start by talking about like the importance of self-reflection. Um, We've talked a lot about mindfulness, visualization, things like that on here before. Um, I don't think we've ever specifically talked about self-reflection, but I think if you're gonna set a goal, you need to evaluate where you're at first. Mm -hmm. Um, So self-reflecting is a great way to do that. Basically what self-reflection is, is bringing your awareness or bringing your attention to what's happening in your life in a mindful and open way. Some benefits of performing self-reflection are that it can increase your mindfulness, it can allow you to check in with your goals and visions and see if your actions are aligning with those goals. It can help you to acknowledge and understand your emotions. Fight rumination, which rumination is basically playing over a scenario in your head and, and wishing things would have played out differently. Um, and then you can come up with action steps and or shift your mindset. It can help you to change your perspective It allows you to recognize growth and accomplishments, and it is a good way to live with more intention. So, so like, in practicality, how do you self-reflect every day? Yes, getting there. Um, I, you know, I'm still kind of figuring out what a sustainable practice is for me, or what that looks like for me on a daily basis, what's um, realistic for me to accomplish every day, because like we said, if you set two lofty of goals um you're you're kind of bound to disappoint yourself so when i'm setting goals i like to look at not like the bare minimum but something that i definitely think is achievable even on the busiest of days and we'll get into that with the smart goals but for me personally i like to um 
make sure that at least once a day I take time to just close my eyes and breathe and do nothing else. Usually I like to do it laying down if I can. Um, for me, I always do this after working out, um, more so for the benefits of shifting your nervous system from the sympathetic state to the parasympathetic state to facilitate recovery, but also it's a great um, chance to be thankful for the opportunity you had to go into the gym and get a little bit better um, and, and kind of reflect on your day thus far. So I always do that and I like to try and do it at least once more for day, per day um, between one and five minutes of just breathing um, through my nose into my stomach. Sometimes I'll use my Apple Watch. There's a little breathe thing on there that is helpful. Um, but yeah, so for me, I guess I would call that like breath work or meditation is kind of how I practice it. But then I also like just little times when you're driving or anything like that. It, you don't have to, it doesn't have to look any one way. All, all that being, that self-reflection requires is thinking about where you're at and um, doing what we talked about earlier as far as just bringing your attention to what's happening in your life and being mindful and open about that. So is there a certain way that you like to practice reflection? Um, so I like to like, after 7 p.m. I'm pretty much done working. That's my life right now. I mean, when I was a student, I was working all the time and there was really no way to mitigate that. I was doing homework until I went to bed. Um, but now, because I don't have to do that, I don't work past 7 p.m. I just, I'll watch a movie. Or um, another thing I like to do to just kind of be alone with my thoughts is draw. Like, I, sometimes I really like to draw or play Sims. And it might seem like I'm being preoccupied, but I'm spending time with myself. Another way that I practice this, um, and it's not like a big way, is sometimes I just won't listen to music when I'm driving. Yeah. Or I won't listen to, I won't listen to like podcasts for a few hours because when you have stuff constantly like streaming into your head, you can't really think about one how you even feel about that, or two how you're feeling in general. Yeah, I'm very guilty of that because I almost always have some sort of podcast or I'm always trying to learn something, but I do really see the value in just sitting with your thoughts. Um, it, it provides sort of a sense of clarity you can't get if you're being stimulated by something else. So mm -hmm. like you said, sometimes choosing not to listen to anything while you drive or, or take a walk, especially mm -hmm. um, if you're just walking with no headphones, that can be a great, great chance to do that as well. And it's safer. It is safer. Because people won't no kidnap doubt. you. Um, so I wrote down a couple of ways that people can put this into practice. Um, so ways that you can practice self-reflection on a day-to-day -day basis are identifying and asking yourself key questions such as, how did I feel today? How did I treat others and myself today? Am I using my time wisely? What did I accomplish today? How did I help my community today? And really any other relevant question that you can think of to kind of check in with yourself um, and just provide a little bit more of a sense of clarity as far as what's going on in your life. Um, you know, I really dislike the feeling of, and, and we all fall into this sometimes, where it just feels like you're just going through the motions and every day is just kind of the same thing, mm -hmm. particularly during like a work week or a school week. Yeah, like when, when the gyms opened back up again and then we went back to work, I made it a point to tell you, like, I want to make a commitment to do something fun, like mm -hmm. do something that I want to do every day because that really makes life feel exciting. 
and meaningful um, when you have those little moments of just being. Well, to me, that's kind of two different things, but I think they're both really important. I think all those things that you just mentioned are important in in terms of living like a full, wholesome life. And mindful. And and mindful life. Because you need to make time for play. So I think reflecting is important. Like you said, making time for play is important, but so is setting goals. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's just finding a balance between those things. And ultimately, you want to get the most out of your life that you can. You only get one. So... We're, you know, we're all going to have those days where you don't even want to think about goals. You don't want to be in touch with your feelings because you feel super down. Or you we're, feel like you're not reaching your goals. We're, we're all going to have shitty days like that, and it's going to ebb and flow. But the more consistent you can be with these practices, the, the less days you'll likely have like that. So um, let me finish up this list as far as suggestions for practicing self-reflection. Um, so like we said, walks with no distractions, um, any type of breathing or meditation practice, journaling can be really helpful, yoga, stretching, or any kind of movement, um, and practicing gratitude mm-hmm. also is a great way to reflect. And I think it's important to say that you don't have to be alone to do the, you don't have to be alone to reflect. Like, sometimes Roy and I will just go on walks together and we'll talk, and that's a good time for reflection and a good time to check in and a lot of a lot of the time when I'm training my dog um our dog I'm thinking how am I treating Junebug right now like if am I getting frustrated for no reason um am I being extra cheerful today and why is that um so I, I really like the point that you made earlier like how am I treating other people that is a good question to reflect on yeah and this it's super evident with a dog um, but it's important when you're interacting with people too. Like, how are other people perceiving you? And this is something that's super tricky to pick up on, like your own facial expressions and your own tone and things like that. Um, it's just really hard to monitor that yourself. But the more you can be mindful of that, the more positive interactions you're going to have throughout the day and the better your relationships are likely going to be. Just the more mindful we can be in general, the more aware you can be the more in control you are, which is something that I think most people want in their life. So Mm -hmm. um, anything else you want to mention? Oh, one more thing. Sorry, um, answering my own question here. But another thing I wanted to acknowledge with reflection is that you don't have to like fake positivity. If you're feeling depressed, it's okay to acknowledge that and sit with that. But I also think there is value in I think we all we all do have things to be grateful for um so I'm a big believer in gratitude practice I don't believe in forcing it um I think we talked about toxic positivity before on this podcast but I think that's a real thing and I'm not a huge believer in like you know the the daily mantras or whatever I think you should acknowledge your emotions as they're as they're happening because if you don't acknowledge them then you can't deal with them you can't grapple with them and you can't move on and come up with um action steps so yeah but at the same time if all you're thinking about is how you feel you can't really come up with an, an answer as sure to how to I, I, I guess i'm not necessarily saying you should only think about how you feel yeah no i was just giving my input on what you were saying like it's good to acknowledge your feelings and then maybe think about do I want to change how I feel? And then how can I do that? And not just like, oh, I'm depressed and I'm feeling hopeless 
and like it's good to acknowledge those things but it's best to not linger on those things so i'm going to ask one more question and then we should move on because we want to keep it a short one today um but do you feel that you you can change the way you feel yes i personally can change the way that i feel and how do you how do you do that and go about that personally first i recognize how i'm feeling i'm feeling really upset today and i tried to i think about the root of what i'm feeling and most of the time it's like oh i was running late this morning or whatever that's not really the reason i'm upset really the reason i'm upset is something like i feel like i don't have enough time to relax okay there's my problem i can think about a solution to that problem i'm going to get up earlier after that solution there's no there's really no good reason for me to dwell that on the problem rumination like yeah. we talked about earlier so after that there's nothing i can do in that moment say i'm in the car there's nothing i can do about the fact that i don't have more time right now so i'm just going to focus on being right now and i i'm not like a person that's like oh just smile and yeah. your mood's gonna turn around but like if you want to change your mood it's a mental practice it's like a mental exercise yeah and I, I, I like that answer. I by no means want to say that, like, um, you know, mental health struggles are not real or that we have yeah. 100% autonomy because it does come down to things like brain chemistry, mm-hmm. hormones, things like that. But but I do think that there there are steps we can take. You um, have autonomy. And you have, even if it's just a little bit of autonomy, there is something that you can do to change And it's not always going to feel like that, mm-hmm. you know, like like we talked about earlier but um yeah we should probably move on and get to the goal setting so you um you kind of headed up this section so do you want to get us started take us through it yeah so like if you were to take a class about goal setting or listen to a podcast about goal setting you're going to hear about a smart goal um which is how people suggest that you um establish goals for yourself a smart goal is a goal that is specific measurable attainable realistic and timely hence smart goal um so i know that when we were studying for the for our um certified personal trainer certification (laughs) um like a smart goal would be i want to gain five pounds in 10 weeks and i will do this by going to the gym four days a week something like that that is super specific and it makes it really easy to adhere to whereas if you're Mm, sorry it makes it easier to adhere to whereas if you were like i want to gain weight well because you're in that example you said how you're going to accomplish the goal you didn't just say i'm going to lose i want to lose five pounds yeah in 10 weeks you said i'm going to do it by going to the gym so that's a crucial part a smart goal is as specific as possible and so in order to make a smart goal sometimes you're going to be um so you're going to need to make performance goals and process goals do you want me to just before we get to it um i know it sounds like super cheesy the smart acronym thing but i actually do think it is really helpful Mm -hmm. so anytime you're setting a goal just try and go through that little checklist and see if you're meeting those requirements because it is really helpful i think if you have a goal in mind too a smart goal is going to help you kind of work backwards from that goal so if you're just thinking like baseline i want to do 10 pull-ups okay so what do i need to do what can i do to make this goal more specific what can i do to accomplish this goal um so that's a smart goal 
and that kind of it encapsulates outcome goals, performance goals, and process goals. So um, these are all different things. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, I think it's important to, to consider them all when you're making goals. And goal goal setting does not need to be this complicated, but a lot of people don't know how to, or where to start. Yeah, so. I mean, I wouldn't say, yeah, like you said, it doesn't need to be this complicated, but, you know, if you really want to achieve your goals, yeah, then I think the, the more specific... <laughs> the more smart you can be about it, the mm-hmm. better, you know, so. And so an outcome goal is you typically like a New Year's resolution type goal. I want to eat better or something more specific. I want to run a marathon. That is a long-term goal, and it's focused on achieving the end result, uh, aka running the marathon. So this goal can provide a lot of motivation and inspiration for you, but try not to place a very high emphasis on outcome goals because they can decrease, like decrease your performance. It can make you intimidated, um, and therefore less likely to actually act on the fact that you want to achieve that outcome goal. So say, my my goal going into a meet was I want to beat this person. Um, I want to beat their total. Instead of having like a really solid day where I make seven out of nine lifts or eight out of nine lifts, I try to beat them every single squat bench deadlift and then I end up with a shitty six for nine day. So I think it's really important to not get too wrapped up on the outcome goals because I could have made um, a huge total PR if I wouldn't have been so stuck on that outcome goal. So I'm going to try and like summarize what I understand based on what you just said. And you tell me if I'm on the right track. Okay. So an outcome goal is where the 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 goal is is well, the outcome, right? So yeah. it could be winning first in a race or something like that. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yeah. So the the number one issue that I have with that is that there are so many factors that you can't necessarily account for mm-hmm. um, in terms of what outcome actually happens. I mean, how often do you think something's going to happen and then it happens exactly the way you thought it was going to happen? Not very often. Yeah. You know, and- there could be weather. There could be just somebody, a, a new competitor that you mm-hmm. didn't know was going to be in the race that's just killing you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many things that you can't control for, which is why outcome goals... Like you said, you shouldn't place such a high emphasis on them yeah. because ultimately it's not something that you can control. Yeah, and, you know? and why be so stuck on an outcome goal when there's like, maybe that's just not the way you're supposed to be going anymore. Like, uh, the, at the end of the year, I want this job. And in the middle of the year, you're really not feeling it. You're really not feeling that job anymore. And you're like, hold on, maybe I need to change courses. But that outcome goal is so ingrained in your head that you're not letting right. yourself. No, I, I love that point. Because I think sometimes we do get so fixated on one goal that you end up missing out on other opportunities that mm-hmm. might have been better for and you. And you prevent yourself from achieving that goal because in your head you have a detailed, already designed way of how you're going to reach that goal. And maybe that's not feasible anymore and you need to change your game plan in order to reach that goal. If I could just add one more thing. I think this is a huge, this is super relevant to like um, work or team sports anywhere you have to work in a group and you can't necessarily control other people's actions or their Mm -hmm. contributions you can't really say like i mean you can say it but it's i in my view it's not wise to say um we're gonna be we're gonna win the city conference this year 
that's my goal for the season because mm-hmm. how do you know your team's not ass like yeah. you can control what you do yeah. you know but you can't you can't control how good the other teams are or how good your teammates are or how you your chemistry as a team yeah so there's just too many variables that's when you would want to set performance or process goals. so what's so, a what's a performance goal so a performance goal is focused on improvement and this usually comes by comparing your your improvement and your performance now to previous performances or feats so like thinking hmm i'd like to make a thousand more this month than last month wouldn't that be nice um so for each outcome goal there should be several short-term performance and process goals that lead to that outcome because though you have to work toward that outcome goal every day in order for it to happen um and these are the way that you're going to do it. So performance and process goals seem to be better than outcome goals when it comes to actually getting the job done. And this is why you're not supposed to place that high of an emphasis on an outcome goal because that can be motivating, but it's not going to tell you how to get there. So what's the difference between a performance goal and a process goal? Um, a performance goal is focused on improvement, whereas a, pro- a process goal, which I'm about to get into, um, keeps track of your achievement or improvement of specific skills. So this would be like, I will wake up at X time every morning so that I can get this and this done. This is more like your weekly to-do list. This is the day-to-day stuff. So, And this stuff might not necessarily look like it's leading to the outcome goal, but it is leading to the outcome goal. Um, so yeah, I think like performance and process goals... Performance is based on how you're performing. Process is how you're getting things done. Yeah. um, So a couple things that are important to me when considering like the big picture of goal setting is that if, if you're only focused on your outcome goals, even if you are making progress, you're not necessarily gonna know because Mm -hmm. like, like we said, you may or may not get to that outcome, but there's no way of knowing you don't have these these things that you can check off to say okay i'm i'm on my way mm-hmm. you know if you're only saying i'm going to be the pre- president of the united states how do you know that you're progressing and getting there if you don't yeah. have these smaller shorter term goals yeah you got you have to keep you have to keep score another thing is like i think with the process goals like we accomplish a lot of things every day that we don't even think about. Mm-hmm. Like, think about just 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 getting up out of bed and eating yeah. eating a good breakfast. Like, yeah. that's already you know that's that's a or solid. making your bed. <laughs> that's a solid process goal, and that's something that not everybody does every day, mm-hmm. and that we should give ourselves credit for. But we just don't think about it like that. So it really is a mindset shift, I think. And just this all comes back to being more aware. Yeah. But the the last thing I'd like to mention is that. Achieving goals, like checking a goal, um, completing a goal that you wanted to, is one of the best ways to increase your self-efficacy, which is basically just and your, your confidence, your belief in your ability to do things that you say you're going to do. So I look at it as like every time you achieve a goal or every day that you, you achieve one of your process goals, you're building uh, like accountability to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're telling yourself that you can achieve the goals that you you set you know Mm -hmm. so these short-term goals are very very crucial yeah and i think it's important that you don't set too many short-term goals because that can deter you i think from the outcome goal 
which I'm going to get into next. Go for it. So for my master's program, we read a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution, Achieving Your Wildly Important Goals by McChesney in 2016. I highly recommend people go through and read this because what I'm about to say might be kind of confusing, but um, it's a really good read. So what I was just talking about is like setting too many goals um, that you think are oriented toward the goal that you set. Sometimes those goals can be just kind of placeholder goals and goals that make you feel productive but actually aren't productive. Um, Like, in order to start, I have to email this person and this person. No, I mean, you can really just start. Um, And you don't need to write those things down just so you can cross them off your to-do list. So, like, do you ever do things like that where you're like, "Um, I'm actually afraid of starting, so I'm going to make up a list of things I have to do before I start? Um, it's a, a really good question. Um, I don't know that I necessarily like make up stuff that I have to do before I can start something because I'm scared of starting something, but there are definitely things that I make that I do every day that I put on my planner every day that I don't necessarily have to do, Mm -hmm. um, to get closer to my goals. And do you feel like sometimes they detract from your well-being? I, I do because it's added pressure it's something else that you have to check off on your Mm -hmm. checklist i think like so for me an example would be trying like reading new reading research every day Mm -hmm. and you might say like and and to a certain extent i do think that's a good thing for me to do but when it's in your planner it's on wax and it's something that you feel like you have to check off you're going to end up prioritizing that over other creative outlets that might actually be more beneficial to you or, or, or relaxing, right. Or relaxing or spending time with loved ones. So yeah, it is really important to monitor all the extra mm-hmm. tasks and goals that you're setting for yourself and, and see whether it's, whether the benefits outweigh the, the negatives. Yeah. So um, like, I, I, can I ask one clarifying question? Yeah. Is the whirlwind, would things that like you have to do daily, like homework or walking the dog, does that fall under the whirlwind or is the whirlwind stuff that you're making, you're assigning yourself? You yeah, see what so I'm saying? Yeah, so the whirlwind is things that happen to you that you just have to react to. Um, so it's like, yeah, you have to take the dog for a walk because the dog has to go potty. Um, you have to get groceries because if you don't get groceries, you're going to die. So the whirlwind is not a bad thing. It's just kind of comprised of all of these like nonsensical goals that you're setting for yourself and kind of fooling yourself into saying, these are going to lead me to my goal when really it's just giving you more things to do to not focus on it. So do you want me to explain more what the whirlwind is? Well, I'm just confused on whether like whether daily tasks that uh, you have to you have mm-hmm. to do it's just part of life yeah. like doing the dishes is that yeah. part of the whirlwind yeah i mean the whirlwind isn't a bad thing it's just these are all urgent things that you need to pay attention to and if you don't pay attention to them you could die so <laughs> technically we all have a whirlwind we all but have a whether whirlwind. you expand it or not is kind of up to you whether you pay more attention to the whirlwind or add than on your to it. goals or add on to it is up to you Okay. So, okay. So the whirlwind is the enemy of, of execution when it comes to achieving your quote-unquote wildly important goals, which is what this book calls it. Um, these are things that revolve around general operation maintenance, like keeping your household alive, keeping your job. 
Um, it's the massive amount of energy that's necessary just to keep your shit together on a day-to-day basis. That's the whirlwind? Yeah. So the whirlwind isn't bad because it's kept you going for this long, right? But the whirlwind can trick you because it feels like the real work when in actuality it's preventing you from doing the real work in order to achieve your goal. So um, there's no way we can get rid of it, but these goals or these disciplines that McChesney outlines will help you achieve your quote-unquote wildly important goals during the whirlwind. So like you said, there's no escaping the whirlwind. Mm -mm. Um, But... So then if we have to accomplish goals, you're going to have to put in extra time, right? Because yeah. you're, you still have to accomplish those things that fall into the whirlwind, but you'll also have to take time to work towards your goals. Well, it's not necessarily putting in extra time, but more becoming more efficient and optimizing your, the resources that you have. Um, so let's talk about the four disciplines that um, McChesney outlines. So basically, if you're going to create significant results and significant steps toward your goal, you have to execute a behavioral change strategy, which is kind of just what I talked about, Um, learning more about the resources you have in order to optimize your response to the whirlwind. Um, And you have to do this while battling the whirlwind. So the first discipline of execution is to focus on the wildly important. Um, This this discipline is characterized by the fact that the more you try to do, the less you actually accomplish. Like Roy and I are notorious for starting three books at one time, and then it takes us like a year to get through all of those books, whereas we could have probably read each book individually and we would have got it done in like six months and probably learned more from each book. So basically focus on less so that you can achieve more. Um, This discipline kind of um, makes you establish like one or two wildly important goals. I personally wouldn't establish more than like two big goals because then you're not really prioritizing each goal. Do you get what I'm saying? Do you think a wildly important goal is an outcome goal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, more or less. Because I find that just a bit confusing because before we were talking about how setting lots of, I mean, well, I said this to be fair. Yeah. You didn't say this, but. How setting and achieving lots of short-term process goals can be beneficial for building self-efficacy and stuff but this is saying that you have to focus on less so that you can achieve more so Mm -hmm. I just I guess I just wonder I think that these are two different paradigms Mm. in terms of goal setting which I think is is interesting because personally I fall into the I I think depending on the goal in my life I'm going to use a different thing like I tell you all the time to not take on too much because then you're not going to be able to focus mm-hmm. on as much. But at the same time, expanding your knowledge is going to help you as a personal trainer. So it's really like a toss up between hmm. the two methods. Um, but yeah, so establish one or two wildly important goals. And this is going to kind of help you distinguish what is a top priority and what is going to lead you to this goal and what is just the whirlwind. So it's going to kind of help you not stress so much about the whirlwind because it's not actually that important for achieving your goals. Um, The second discipline of execution is to act on the lead measures. And I'm not going to get into all of like the terms that this chapter gave out, but basically this is the principle that all actions are not created equal. So you have to, in order to be successful and make progress, you kind of have to measure your progress so 
you can measure things like customer reviews. These are kind of things that happen to you. And then you can measure high impact things that you do to reach the goal. So um, measure things that are predictive of you reaching the goal, as in, I want to make $10,000 in half a year. Measure how much money you're making and how you can make more money. So behaviors that you are um, making to make more money, as in expanding your online business, etc. Um, the third discipline of execution is to keep a compelling scoreboard. Roy, do you know how many um, nights I have won Mario Kart? Shit, well, none. Well, we've had... Oh, <laughs> I've won probably... I think I've won more times than you. No, I disagree. I think I've won more times than you. You definitely won a few times. I'll give you that. Anyways, we all play different when we're keeping score. So say say I won like a week in a row. Would you... Well, that would never happen, first of all. Would you be like more inclined to just kind of put me in my place on that eighth night? I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah. Because that's kind of the... That's what the discipline is saying it's basically that you play better when you're keeping score so you have to be emotionally engaged and you have to feel those downfalls like fuck i let i just oops sorry dad i just lost a client and my goal was to gain two clients this month you have to feel that and you can't just brush it off because you want to be emotionally engaged with that and you want to be like okay well now i have to gain three more clients well and that yeah and then the key becomes how do you respond to it yeah definitely not just like vengeance getting clients like rah. <laughs> my career will be avenged. Oh my god, I'm such a dork. Okay, the fourth one is to create a cadence of accountability, and this doesn't really work unless you have a partner. So let's not talk about that one. But anyways, well, I don't think you need a partner, but I think you are much more likely to stick to your goals and and priorities mm-hmm. if you have if someone. Accountable. If you tell someone about it and they're yeah. checking in with you, seeing if how you're doing on it, you know. And at the same time, this what I really like about this discipline is that it requires you to create commitments for yourself or if you're in a partnership with somebody each person has to create their own commitments because at the end of the day it's like well I committed to this so I have to act on it and not like oh my boss wants me to do this so I Mm -hmm. have to do it then it just becomes part of the whirlwind you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah I think that this is another interesting approach to kind of executing your goals it's not like so process um performance oriented I think the first um, kind of methodology that we outlined, like SMART goals, um, outcome goals, performance goals, process goals, is a lot more like black and white. So that might work better for some people, but mm-hmm. if you see things a little bit more abstract, then mm-hmm. I think the whirlwind is a good... I mean, all of it's good because... What I, what I really took away from it was the whirlwind, like the fact that that's a thing. And it's not just like, my life is really hard. It's like, no, everybody has things that they have they just have to do that yeah. aren't necessarily conducive to their life goals mm-hmm. um yeah and it's int- i'd never heard that term before you're but. never going to get rid of it but there's ways that you can still achieve your goals even despite it yeah it's all very interesting yeah should we try to recap a little bit or let's let's wrap it up yeah let's let the people go cool um i do i do think we should share these notes just in case people want to refer back so maybe we can put a link to this um our our notes in the description um we also are going to link 
our Patreon page in our description. We would greatly appreciate anyone who wants to be one of our biggest fans on Patreon. This isn't just for the podcast. It's for intention training as a whole. Um, You know, we take pride in being very affordable and accessible to the people of our community. Um, But that is very difficult to do in the current times. So we appreciate any financial support you can offer um, via Patreon. Um, We will be doing things like providing um, extra content, possibly some merchandise, things like that, blog posts. um, OnlyFans posts. Not OnlyFans (laughs) posts, but if you become a patron, you'll get access to all that stuff, um, as well as supporting what I feel is a good cause. Um, You'll get a, um, a card stamped by Toby. What? What? We have a lot of Toby fans. Okay. Toby's our cat. Yeah, but they already knew that. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll share these notes. Check out the Patreon in the description. Um, thank you for listening. We would, re- we would really appreciate anybody who goes and rates it, shares it. Um, Gives us constructive criticism. Constructive criticism, feedback on what topics you'd like us to cover in the future. Um, feel free to share your, your goals with us if you want somebody to hold you accountable and somebody to check in with. Um, am I missing anything? Did you want to give any recommendations as far as music and stuff goes? Nah. All right. Let's, um, let's call it a night. And we are going to try to be more consistent with the podcast. We'll hopefully be doing... We've yet to establish exactly how often we'll be coming out with them. But you can expect to hear from us more often now. All right, everyone. Have a great whatever it is for you morning, night. Deuces. <laughs>